Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy Podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. And now, here's this week's guest. Hi, I'm here with Michael Oman, founder of Movivo, and we're going to find out all about what that is and what we're doing wrong and what we need to do right. And it's great to talk to you. How are you doing? Hello, Marianne. Thanks for inviting me and having me here at your, your podcast. I'm, uh, I'm pretty fine. Had a lot of movement on the weekend, and I'm, I'm ready to tell you a bit about Movivo and uh, yeah, about movement in general. Well, I see one thing is that you're standing up, which is what I... Yeah, you were standing up. So tell me about how much time you spend standing up and not sitting. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm true. I truly believe that um, yeah, sitting is making us sick. Yeah, for sure we have to sit. Yeah, when we eat and 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 also when we socialize. But we should try to reduce the time of of sitting. So that's why I for, for myself I decided to do online meetings for for uh, in a standing position. Yeah, so I have a couple of couple of them uh, every day, and so uh, I try to do them in an active position. Yeah, and it's not so much the sitting which is the problem; it's more the the monotonous and constant that we are not moving. Yeah, so if we change the position many many times a day, that's what's increasing the circulation, that's what's keeping the blood flow going on, and that's what's what's what we what the joints need, what the heart needs. And it's not so much about sitting or standing. Yeah, it's about changing and a lot of variety. Yeah, I've heard that because I've heard some people say, okay, well, I'll get a standing desk and I'll just stand all day long. And then that can cause problems too, can't it? Absolutely. If you if you decide to stand for six hours or eight hours a day, you will have you will develop back pain as well because you're on the one side you're not used to. And it's again, it's a static and monotonous position. Yeah. So uh, the secret is the variety. Okay. Okay. So tell me about Movivo. What, what is your philosophy, your, your theory? Um, yeah, Movivo consists of two words, move and evolution. Um, that's the background. And um, in the evolution, the human being, yeah, for more than millions of years, we were moving a lot. We were hunters and gatherers, and we, we probably did 15 kilometers uh, each day. And we had a huge variety in movement. Um, we were climbing, we were running, we were swimming, we were sitting at the floor. Um, so many, many different things. We were moving the joints in all different angles. And uh, yeah, for millions of years, we are primed to movement. And maybe in the last 60, 70 years, our lifestyle completely changed. So we are moving much less. We, I said, we are sitting a lot yeah, in many in many cultures, more than twelve hours a day, um, and the body is not made for that. Yeah, so we are we are getting sick if we don't follow our physiology. Yeah, and um, so we have to find ways to integrate movement into our regular life. It's not just the session, maybe half an hour workout session. It's more about bringing life. Into, into the workday or into, into the office day 
And um, that's our that's our mission. Miss, that's our mission with Movivo. Yeah, we want to create a, a consciousness for movement. How important it is, and what are all the negative consequences if you don't follow your physiology, and then show little things and little uh, tricks how to 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 bring that into your lifestyle again. So one thing you're doing is standing for meetings, which we all have. What are some other what are some other tips for people just to bring that kind of movement into their day more regularly? Um, one of my slogans is also every step counts or better, every move counts. Yeah. So if you have the choice between the elevator and the stairs, it's not that much a uh, waste of time to, to take the stairs. Uh, and if you do that on a daily basis, and it's having a huge impact uh, over the years, yeah, so the, the steps you, you take and the stairs you take, um, that makes sense. And um, other things is I already mentioned the changing the position many times. So if you have uh, an opportunity where you can easily switch between standing and sitting, um, that's, that's the best. Yeah, then you maybe do a focused, a focused uh, concentrated work in the sitting position. And then if you maybe do an online meeting or a call where it's also easy to to stand up and and do that so variety is one important thing and um yeah what else um for example the sitting is a, is a big thing yeah so if you sit we all know that the posture is uh, getting worse after some time uh, we fall forward the shoulders are forward and we create a lot of tension for example in the neck so we have to do active little breaks yeah to relax the muscles to do exactly the opposite for example, if you spend a lot of time in this position, typing or phoning, um, it's also important to bend backwards to relax the structures in front and to avoid tension in the neck, in the shoulders or in the back, for example. So um, that's what we do with Moonweaver also. We engage uh, to for active breaks. Yeah. Maybe 10, 20 years ago, there was the smoking break where we all met and, and, and chat. Nowadays, it's maybe the active break where people socialize, come together and do something good for their health. Okay. Yeah. That smoking break was healthy in a way, right? Because it got you outside and it got you. I remember when I started working, I couldn't take a break because I didn't smoke. And I remember thinking like, there's nothing I can do. You know, I worked in a restaurant two years ago and I tried to take a break because it was crazy. And the manager said, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I wish I was smoking so I can take a break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true but that's yeah. a good um, idea yeah. yeah that's a really good idea just say okay we're gonna take i take a break and walk around the block for five minutes like that makes a huge yeah, difference getting your head free uh, or maybe doing a little chat with, with with a colleague while you do the walk so walking meetings are coming more and more um yeah there are, there are ways to to integrate movement into into the office life or into the regular life so you were at Vivamar Clinic in um, you. That's one of the big clinics in the world. You'd see people coming from all over. Uh, what kind of things did you, you know, what kind of things did you see and treat there? Because you there they treat the whole person, and you have people coming who are diseased. Um, yeah. What, what sort of your impression doing your side of the equation? Absolutely. So it was a really important time for me. We were working in a, a holistic team. So there were um, physicians, there were osteopaths, there were uh, psychologists, there were sports scientists, and we had a really holistic view on, on the person. So it was not just we were 
trying to find ways to make it, uh, yeah, to to integrate, yeah, that you don't separate the different parts. Yeah, one is taking just a look on the shoulder, the other one is taking a look on the gut. No, we try to bring this together. That's the Maya philosophy, uh, which has influenced me a lot. And um, yeah, we saw really quick success stories. So within the people usually stayed 10 days, maybe some also for two weeks or three weeks. And it was a different person after that time. Yeah. Just considering a few principles, it's often it's not more, it's about reducing and, and less. Yeah. One philosophy mm-hmm. of the Maya uh, routine is also eating less. Yeah giving the gut more time to digest, having long breaks between the meals so that the the gut is cleaning. And that has many positive effects on other health issues as well. Like for example, atrocis. If we don't, if we focus on our our diet and keep it well balanced between acid and alkaline, um, we don't um, create, um, we don't create inflammation. Yeah, and atrocity is a, is a is highly dependent on inflammation. So if we take that load away from the body, also the joint in some way can heal and and breathe better. Yeah, so they are, it's all interacting. And one of my big learnings um, during that time was the life the inf- big influence of our lifestyle. So we had so many people from all over the world, from all different countries, um, from the US to Australia and also India and Africa, Dubai is for many, many Arabian people as well. And we really observed the less the people move also in their daily life, the worse is their health. Mm. So there is a, hu- there is a huge connection, yeah. Um, and that is not just about uh, being maybe overweight, if you move less, it's it's all internal processes are reduced, and you don't get your full potential. Uh, the heart is the heart is in a is the heart the power of the heart is limited. The lungs are limited. Um, so and that's influencing the whole the whole person. Also, there there's also a big connection between physical health and mental health. It's often separate in our world now. So it thinks one this or that. No, it's both together. If we don't get the stress away, the cortisol levels by moving enough, the, stre- the cortisol levels will always stay high and that will affect our mental health as well. So that's, we have to take a much wider look on that. There's so many people in physical pain these days, like whether they have an actual uh, autoimmune disorder that's that's like fibromyalgia or arthritis that they're in pain from that, or they're just in pain. Like there's just so many people, you know, I'm in pain a lot. I was an athlete when I was young and I sometimes wonder I was a figure skater. And I sometimes wonder if all that falling was like, just has left me in pain or if it's sitting or you read that it's your mind and you're not dealing with your problems. Like what's your take on pain, people feeling pain in their joints and their muscles and their back and their neck. Um. So I, there, there are different sources of pain. Yeah, you mentioned a few. If you have an accident, uh, it's a different situation compared to a chronic overload. Yeah, um, and if you take a look around the core, there are many influencing factors. You mentioned already there is a strong connection between stress and and pain as well. For example, 
Yeah. Um, so can we talk about that just for a second, the connection between stress and pain, like how, as you understand it, how that, absolutely. how that happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you have the stress, if you take a look at the stress system of the body, um, it's also a, a look back into the evolution. So it's a fight and flight situation when we, when we have stress. Stress is nothing bad. It was necessary for us to survive. If we had a dangerous situation, the body was uh, accelerating. So the heart rate was going up. The, the, gut, uh, the gut function was uh, going down. The, the blood pressure was going up. We were ready to fight or flight to survive. And um, there was always a physical reaction, um, which brought the cortisol level down after, after this dangerous situation. When the, we were chased by the lion, we, we, we have found our, our secure place. And then after a while, the, uh, the stress level was going down. Nowadays, we don't have this physical reaction anymore. So we have stress triggers one after the other. Maybe the boss is calling you and says, okay, the deadline is, was yesterday. Please finish that immediately. Uh, in, the next, in the next hour, there you get another uh, bad news from your colleague or something else. Get the next stress trigger. And all these stress levels are, are going up. And that has physical reactions as well. So we create a lot of body tension. Um, body tension, for example, um, the muscle is not relaxing anymore. Yeah. And if that happens every day, every single day, yeah, and you don't have this muscle function of contraction and relax, relaxation, contraction, relaxation, that's what increases the blood flow and keeps, um, keeps the joints healthy as well. So there's, if you have this tension in your muscles, there's always increased pressure in the joints. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Time after time, yeah, there is, uh, if there's high pressure, the cartilage is used much faster and you create inflammation in the joints. So there is a connection between these strong um, yeah, stress triggers. For sure, everybody's reacting different to that triggers. Yeah, some have high resilience, some have low resilience. But at the end of the day, yeah, if there are many triggers, if there is less compensatory movement to get the cortisol levels away, you increase muscle function and that can, can uh, have a huge impact on atrocis, for example, as well. Okay. What are you saying there? Arthros arthrosis? Ah, sorry, arthritis, osteoarthritis. Arthritis. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to double check. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how that mind-body connection kind of works because you're not sort of maybe acknowledging the stress that you're under and dealing with it in a healthy way. And then it's going into your body. That makes a lot of sense. Um, maybe we need punching bags in the office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to have five minutes of uh, an endorphin rush and then uh, be ready again and have the cortisol flushed, flush and, and, and uh, having some good endorphins not, in your body. Not a bad suggestion. Not a bad suggestion at all. Um, what about fascia? I've been fascinated with it for years and we're finding out more and more and there's more and more devices to use. How do you approach fascia? And what, um, first of all, can you explain to us what it is and how you approach it? Yeah. So in earlier days, we all thought that it's just connecting connective tissue and hasn't really a, a big function. Then in the early, early uh, years after the millennium, the early uh, 2000s, there was a lot of research going on and they found, okay, there is a lot of function in this tissue. Yeah. So it's every little muscle fiber is 
so, uh, surrounded by fascia. Every muscle is surrounded by fascia and there is all a lot of connection. Yeah, so each muscle is connected with the next one by the fascia. And they the fascia tissue contains millions of neurons, pain neurons as well. Yeah? And they are primed for movement as well. So these are, these are little, little uh, layers which are connected and they are gliding smoothly if we move enough. If we have a sedentary lifestyle, they don't get enough movement and they get sticky. Yeah? That's, um, and they get more, there is in, uh, yeah, less flexibility and then they start sticking together and that's again increasing the, the pressure on the joints. And so many pain-related joint issues like yeah, knee osteoarthritis is connected to, to sticky fascia in the quadriceps. And uh, if we, again, if we take a look at the sedentary lifestyle sitting, the knee angle when we sit is usually around 90 degrees, a bit less, a bit more, but you never get your full range of motion. You never bend it completely. You never extend it completely. That's what's making the fascia tissue sticky. And there are ways, there are ways to, to restructure the fascia. So it's, a, it's not a given system. We adapt to everything we do daily. So if we sit 12 hours, the fascia adapts to, sit, to sitting. If we move enough, if we get this full range of motion, the fascia is also adapting, it's restructuring. Cells are dying, new cells are coming. And then we have the uh, window of time yeah, where we can um, uh, recreate the structure. And that's uh, what fascia training is about. Uh, we want to get the, the full range of motion of the, of the joints and we have different tools, yeah? So we, we all know the, ro the foam rollers, for example, and uh, maybe also the fascia ball, which is my favorite tool because you can directly spot this sticky tissue. Uh, it's coming from the trigger points therapy where you can open up these structures. You, feel, you really feel a, a great relief and the range of motion is immediately higher. And if you start doing that on a daily basis, you can restructure and make the fascia tissue healthy again, for example. So, okay, so that's... that's for back pain, for knee pain, that's uh, probably the magic key. Okay, so a lot of people are moving a lot, and but they're, they're in pain too. Like they're going to the gym six days a week or five days a week. They're doing the hit classes, whatever. Do you find that? And how do you, what are they doing wrong? You, yeah, I don't, I don't say I know everything about that, but uh, in my... In my view and my, my experience shows that everything we do daily uh, can cause troubles. Again, the sitting example, if we sit every day 12 hours, um, we will have troubles. But if we do a certain sports on a daily basis, for example, I for myself, I'm, my background is in playing football. And uh, the training of a, of a football player was, was not that, there wasn't that much variety. So we all, we all had uh, decreased hip mobility. We all had our struggles with our knees because we were doing always the same. Yeah, we were kicking the ball for hours every day and we don't spend any time on mobility. Yeah? So we created a lot of tension in the muscles, which is again affecting the joints. So we have to change our perspective a little bit and think, okay, if you do a lot of that, try to add a little bit of exactly the opposite. So if you do a lot of chest pressing in the gym, 
your chest muscles will increase, yeah, and um, but you will your sh shoulders will fall forward because the muscle is creating tightness as well. So you have to do the opposite and open it up, yeah. Ideally balanced, yeah. If you do fifty percent of chest work, do also fifty percent of upper back work and a bit of mobility stuff to keep the joints, uh, yeah, flexible. Mm -hmm. And that counts for all kind of sports, yeah. If you uh, if you do um, playing tennis, for example, yeah, it's a wonderful game. Um, but many tennis players have troubles with their shoulder because they're doing a lot of um, service, and and then you have to find ways to to relax these structures again, yeah, to create space in the joint, for example, with the fascia ball, and to allow somebody to play this fun, wonderful game for their lifetime. Yeah, that's what what. What's the goal? If, if that is making fun for us, is that if that is giving us a good feeling, we should include a few little things that allow us also to do that for a really long time. Are you able to describe something that anyone could do that would really help? That, you know, just something simple that you could add in now that would help? Are you able to describe that for people who are listening and not watching or no? Um, so if there's not this, the golden rule for everybody, uh, but Nowadays, many people uh, spend a lot of time sitting. I mentioned that already. And doing exactly the opposite is the first step. Yeah? And the listeners can uh, immediately uh, join. Yeah? Uh, so standing up, a bit of tension in the glutes, and then you start leaning backwards. Yeah? If you feel all right, bring your arms up and bend backwards as well. Find a position where you can still breathe easily. It shouldn't, okay. your head is not turning red. You will, create a, you will create a stretch here. Maybe you start shivering. That's maybe a bit too far. Yeah? So you find a position where you easily, uh, where you can easily breathe. Yeah? Seven of 10 on your individual scale so that you can stay there for five long breaths, for example. Okay. Yeah? And if you do that, you have exact, done a, the, exactly the opposite what we do all day. And that's a really good um, stretch for for the shoulders, for the for the chest muscle, for the whole frontal fascia line, yeah. So it's effect a good effect on the lower back as well as on the upper back. And how often a day should you do that? If you maybe start twice a day, it's the first step. Yeah, we shouldn't put too much uh, mm. and change too much immediately. Little steps, and then um, moving forward on 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 that base. This is a problem that we have as humans, right? We're like, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that all day. And then, you know, we don't. And then everything goes back. We to don't continue. Yeah, maybe. So little, little changes and then a little bit more and a little bit more. But that, as you said, uh, we like shortcuts. <laughs> we all, we all. Human. Yeah. What's your best advice to someone who is very sedentary, who is very far away from, mobility who's maybe on the cusp of these diseases like what do you tell people who just don't know where to start yeah professional help is always a good starting point i'm i'm sure um so that's that's a bit of the the problem of our sector so many people know already okay we should move more we should eat, eat healthier but it's so hard to make the first step and make that a, a routine and that's why professional help at the beginning is, is definitely good. Finding a good gym, finding a good uh, therapist who can give you the first steps and a bit of guidance. And it's a lot about 
yeah, self-empowerment, in my opinion, yeah, which is uh, you can't make people dependent on, on you. You should give them tools um, that they can manage their healthy lifestyle on their own. Yeah, that's uh, the golden way. And then they start thinking, they start developing consciousness. And that's, that's, that's the way to start. Yeah, get, get help. Find somebody who you, uh, you trust. Yeah, that's also important. Body and health is a big to uh, topic of trust as well. And um, it, it should be a good guide, but it should, it should not be somebody who is uh, that you uh, give it, you enter the door, put the brain to the side, and after one hour you leave. There should be a you should there should be some takeaways from every session. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ongoing relationship. So, what do you do when you work with people? What's your what sort of isn't involved? Uh, pardon. What what do you do, uh, Movivo, when when you work with people? What's involved? Yeah, there. Um, so there's there are different. Movivo is now doing different things. I'm still doing the one to one sessions where I guide people through exactly these uh, processes that I mentioned. But nowadays we are also spending a lot of time in in offices where we uh, give workshops in offices where we give workshops in schools. Yeah, that's where the whole problem starts. Yeah in primary schools where people, uh, children are the first time sitting for many, many hours and they are not used to that because they want to move. Yeah, they have this inner fire for movement. Um, and then we educate, we show little things they can do on a daily basis, just as, as I described it now, these little exercises between these little ideas, how to integrate movement into uh, the daily life. And then we developed also a tool, an app, uh, to remind people, yeah, you get a push, uh, for example, and then you get the video with the, act, with the daily active break. Hmm. And you collect points, you can uh, develop your, your character, and you can do team challenges. And so that is also something which is bringing people together. And that's this constant reminder. And um, I think our videos are also designed that way that it's fun. Yeah, it's not a uh, Therapeutical uh, kind. It's more fun and moving together and, and have fun while doing that. Yeah. And uh, so there are different puzzle pieces which we are trying to bring together now. Okay. So people can access you online. They can access you through the app. We'll put that information in the show notes. And you're coming to Dubai to do the Live Well with Nikhil event. Yeah. So what, what, can, what can people expect there? That's yeah, on uh, November, 27th, uh, November 27th. November twenty seventh. Yeah, thanks a lot to to Nakil for inviting me to the uh, Live Well initiative. I think it's a great thing to uh, to create consciousness about the importance for that for that topic, uh, movement as medicine. Yeah, and yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, the next week will be will be impressive. Um, we will. I will do some corporate workshops, and then on the twenty seventh, we will do a workshop also for the communities. Uh, where people can just uh, come in and join. We will do a session of a lot of movement variety. Yeah, we will do a bit of animal movement. We will do a little bit of fascia movement. Um, and then we will also have an, a talk and interview about the importance uh, of movement as, as medicine. Yeah, that's maybe the, the most important pill that we have. Yeah, there are no, no negative side effects. Yeah, and um, they're just, there's so many positive effects in just this little action. Yeah. Okay. Movement is medicine. Well, listen, thank you very much for talking about all that. 
You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me and having me here. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.